A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. Todd France leaving for the Combine tomorrow. Kind enough to join us right now in studio here on The Fan. Always good to see you, sir. I appreciate you guys having me. All right, I just asked you a question. Happy anniversary. I don't know what the actual date is, but 21 years ago, you jumped out on your own at 32 years old. Yes. Can you explain how ballsy? (laughs) Like, seriously, what could have happened? This could have been a flame out. Sure. But, you know, at the time, you have confidence in yourself. And I had 17 players that I was representing, uh, Takiyo Spikes, Priest Holmes being some of the biggest guys, and just felt like I built it from zero players uh, with no contracts, no recruiting, no stories. Now, when I leave and go on my own, whether the players came with me or not, I knew that I had the track record and the experience so I could at least tell the stories. Luckily for me, you know, 17 out of 17 followed me. So, What was your office space? Like, what did you actually... Where did this all... It all started in the uh, third floor of my townhome. Yeah, there was no office space. It wasn't? No. Uh, I took. I had a one, one employee with me who was sort of my right arm, who's still with me today, about three kids later. Um, and uh, then uh, I think it was about six months or a year, and then we got, a, we got office space. I'll follow you anywhere, Mr. France. It was very similar to Jerry Maguire, yeah. mi- minus the, the love part. Yeah, yeah. But, but listen, it's nice to have somebody that loyal. No question. It's nice to have somebody actually pick up their plan off their desk and say, I'm going with you. Hey, listen, I, I, her loyalty is phenomenal, and, and she was amazing. I, I'm not looking to dip into your pocket. How do you, how do you say thank you to somebody like that? Like, through compensation, I get it, but... How do you say thank you to somebody who was willing to do that with you? You know what? She's uh, been well taken care of. Lucky Good. for me, my you know company was acquired, what, three different times? So yeah, we'll she, get to she, that. she was taken care of a we'll, few we'll, times. We'll get to that. How many times can you go to that table, by the way, and say, yeah, I'm out? You take it. And then all of a sudden, you're back in. Yeah, I mean, you're never out because you're not going to leave your players, obviously. But you're <laughs> always looking for the best home. But took advantage of free agency uh, on the agent side. Todd Francis is here with us taking advantage of that to the tune of guys like Nick Chubb. Derek Henry, uh, Grady Jarrett, Aaron Donald, and many, many other names. So how many combines now have you been to counting this one? This will be, I think, 23. What's changed over the years the most? You know, it's, it's, it's not much. I mean, it's very similar to how it's always been. There's always a ton of meetings with teams and combines still the combine. I mean, obviously, they let fans in and some parents want to come now, whereas before that was never a thing. Well, but. what's the truth about what you did? You did you have them practice Wonderlicks? Back in the day? Yeah. Yeah, for right. sure. Because it mattered. Absolutely. Right. Did you did you give them charm school? Yes. Where you would say this is sort of first and impression talk. Walk with a book on their yeah. head? Yeah, listen, kind of. I, I, no, listen, you have to prepare them. It's a job interview. Right. If right. I was representing you guys and you guys are going in for an interview, I'm going to tell you and teach you as much as I can. Don't dress like this. Yeah. Right. You know, try, try to do it on the phone. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yes, as much as you can do with the guys and you prepare them and you got to know the good about them, but you also have to have the good, the, the intel on, on what's bad about them so they're going to get grilled on it. How has the recruiting process for you changed to get clients? You know, I, I mean, recruiting overall has changed just because of NIL and, right. and everything else. So uh, it's still 
going into the living rooms. It's still a sales cycle. It's still a process. Um, what kids are looking for are a little bit different. Maybe uh, social media wasn't even a thing when I got into the, the business. Now it's a, a huge thing and it's a big money maker for these players as well. So that's become a, a, a whole different story when you're out there talking. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, they still got to believe in you as the guy that can take care of their career. Who's the first guy of note that said yes to you? Wow. Um, I mean, my first draft pick was a sixth round pick out of Troy State, Marino Filia. Got to start someplace. Out of North Clayton. Yeah. Uh, I'll never forget. Had him at the Senior Bowl. Uh, it's like a, a wedding party where everyone knows each other. Everyone's talking. I was literally having fake conversations on the sideline, pretending I knew someone because the player was looking at me. I was like, I got to act like I know somebody here. So, uh, and then it, it evolved from there and obviously kept signing more and more guys. Can I ask, do you toast that first guy, six-round pick? Are you sitting there going, yeah? So that's one of the things I learned real quick in this business. I am never going to be at a client's house okay. on draft day. Right. Uh, well, one, you can't really work the phones and do what you need to do. Uh, but sitting there when rounds two, three, four, you know, let's come back tomorrow and go back five, six. Oh, yeah, there was a big prayer circle when he got uh, <laughs> when he got when he, when he got uh, drafted by the Falcons. But you got guys, and Todd France again, agent here uh, with us on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM, not just saying it because you're here, but high-character guys. Grady Jarrett, high-character guy. Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Aaron Donald. I mean, that's got to kind of help your reputation as well when you have guys like that. You know, everyone's got a different pitch, I guess. And my mind is going to attract more of that type of a guy, which is a good thing. Uh, it makes your life easier. Did you step outside your comfort zone and get burned by it ever? Um, yeah, there's always guys that you sometimes look away just like a team kind of looks away and tr talent always trumps you might have known there's some off the field things or some things you might not want to get involved with or it becomes bigger headache but you always think that you can handle it or you get you know when you want somebody and you're competitive and you're getting him you just turn a blind eye to it and, and act like that part doesn't exist Do you feel pretty good that you're not a likely candidate for 3 a.m phone calls y yeah i mean if they do, I, pr I probably won't answer it. Um, yeah. You've got kids uh, now. You got yeah, no, I mean, listen, I'm available for these guys all the time. I don't really get those, and I never really did. Everyone some agents have. Some yeah, agents live listen, on the fringe of 3 a.m. Here comes another phone call. And I've gotten that before, and I have answered the call back, you know, earlier part of my career. Just haven't got them lately. It's been a long time, knock on wood. I don't really want those calls. And uh, But life happens. And, and you know, it doesn't mean they're a bad guy. It could have just been a bad decision that night or whatever it might be. And, you know, you just got to be there to help your player as much as you can. And always kind of looking two, three steps ahead, I would imagine, is what you have to do as well. Dak Prescott, another one of your guys, and we know what's being talked about surrounding him. Not him specifically, unless you want to talk about him, but <laughs> that's the way it works. Yeah, you, you're not, you can't get in trouble for tampering. You're an agent. Right. You, you're allowed to. Correct. Okay. Yes. Tell us about Dak Prescott. What the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, no, we don't need to get into Dak Prescott. You just, there's enough out there on TV and radio. It's, it's unbelievable. So I, I got a bunch of questions. Give me the biggest surprise on draft day where a guy dropped the wrong way for you. Like you, you thought you had a peg that's going to be within this. There's always caveats. But do you remember one that you just said, what in the hell is going on here? Uh, I, I don't have one off the top of my head uh, that that hits me hard i feel like i get really good intel okay um i'm very on top of the things that people might not think of that can cause a guy to, to drop which is the media will go off of just you know the player his talent but it's like the medical for example that if you don't know what happened at the combine or if there's degenerative knees at, you know going on here and a team is not going to draft a guy you got to know that stuff not only for yourself but most importantly to prep this player and his right. family i mean their dreams are are 
you know, right there and, and can all come crashing down. You can't change the degeneration in his knees, but you obviously can prepare them and understand Do what's going on. Do most teams tell you the truth? Oh, yeah. I'm okay. going to get the truth. There's you no, are. Yeah, I'm going to get the truth. Okay, for so sure. Give me the opposite. Give me a guy who flew up the – you got drafted higher than you guys even thought where you just looked around and said, whoa. You know what? When My first ever first-round pick was Ronnie Brown, who went number two overall. I knew he would go high. I don't know that I thought he'd necessarily go above Cadillac, and there was Cedric Benson in, in the, the draft that year. I mean, again, those are three running backs in the top five. You, you just don't see that anymore. Um, so he went higher and higher, and that was my first time ever in the green room and was my first first-round pick. And that year we also had Carlos Rogers, who went number nine, who coming off the Thorpe Award, and then George's Thomas Davis, who went 14. So, so does I, that make your – I don't want to say make your career, but is that the career change of moment for you? It, oh, for sure. Yeah. Definitely was from from a draft standpoint. Right. Uh, I mean, getting a veteran player like Takeo Spikes, you know, as a as a client was a just a here a huge career change as well. Uh, the the respect he commanded back then, you know, in the Still locker does. with other players, no question. Oh, you don't want to mess with him, but put you through three walls. Yeah, I mean, the neck, the whole thing. But yeah. like, you know, it's it's it was it was it was a huge huge coup for me. So Todd Francis here with us uh, on the Fan Six Eighty and Ninety Three Seven FM. You talked about the running back position. That's got to be one of those tough conversations nowadays you have to have with a potential client who's a running back. Look, uh, don't expect miracles here. It's different now. Yeah, with the draft or free agency? With the draft especially. Yeah, I mean, I think the draft, I mean, I had Jameer Gibbs last year. Um, we had that conversation. But, you know, you got to have a guy who's special. You know, I mean, if you're recruiting a running back, you don't necessarily want to have your two-down basic running back. You're going to want that guy who can catch out of the backfield, a three-down guy, a difference maker in a game, which is what Jameer was. And so I felt very good about his prospects. And sure enough, he did what he needed to do. The free agency, the same deal, right? I mean, free agency. Yeah. I mean, like the, it's, you don't, you don't see a lot of running backs get paid big bucks in free agency necessarily. Uh, you got to be special. You don't even see a lot of guys sign second deals, but Nick Chubb was a special guy. There's other guys that are out there that are special. Derek Henry, those guys are, are game changers. And if a team is one piece away, then, then you know what? Teams are willing to step up. So it's a supply and demand situation and how unique the player is. You went through a very public collective bargaining agreement. We had Arthur Blank on from an owner's meeting down at a hotel at the airport. And I remember this thing. What's, what's the agent's role when it comes to which way a player might vote if it truly is one man, one vote? You know, the players obviously talk to their agents to try to get a, a bigger better breakdown of an understanding of it it's it's a lot of information so you're bringing you, financial guy into those conversations i'm assuming yeah i mean you have, listen you educate them in every which way you can and sometimes a financial advisor is involved you know when you're talking about the collective bargaining agreement you're just trying to give them as much good information unbiased looking at it this way looking at it that way how it affects them how it affects retired players they only see themselves currently as a player so you want right. to you know have them see the whole picture um and that's kind of how you have to do it with those guys I, I remember jamarcus russell and sam bradford sort of the poster kids for we're not guaranteeing this money anymore the game changed did it not oh yeah i mean those contracts with that he time, got 50 bradford yeah. got 50 jamarcus yeah. got 32 million guaranteed. and everything was slotted after that yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's still a degree of slotting. There's, it's, you know, that's a kind of term that everyone likes to throw out there. But there's still other parts to, to negotiate with those deals. But, yeah, those deals was was fifty million at the first pick, and, and it it dropped, and then uh, the deal became instead of five or six, it was a four year deal with a fifth year option. So things changed, but um, you know, it's working out right now. Todd France is here with us. I would say so. Um, don't want to look in your pocket, but I would say so. Let's talk about uh, NIL. You brought that up. How has that changed what you do? Gosh, NIL, it's, it's, uh, for, the, for the beginning part, everyone was still trying to just figure it out and, 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 and all that. I'm all for players getting paid. I think it's a great thing. I just don't know that the system necessarily is working like it's supposed to right now. Uh, but, you know, 
you're trying to recruit kids that, you know, could be a freshman, could be a senior in high school uh, if the state allows it. Um, but, you know, like basketball, you can two, three years out, you can sort of know who exactly those top 10, top 15 picks are. The night before the draft, they can't tell you who the top 10 picks are going to be. So three, four years out, really hard to project. So you could be spending a lot of time, energy and money managing a guy and doing all this stuff for a guy that two, three years down the road might not even be a guy there you know so it's 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 difficult it's difficult do you want to get into that world or do you have to be in that world like will you broker a deal for a player in the nil world what broker a deal from a marketing standpoint or a transfer portal either or a company wants to hook up with a guy and oh. you go oh look uh you might need my help in this Is oh absolutely that a, so that's oh, a thing now oh it's a thing for sure yes we're definitely involved with players that are draft eligible as well as not draft eligible that are looking for make money off the field, whether it's a trading card deal, whether it's a free car or whether it's your traditional endorsement. Did you have to hire somebody different or somebody? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, that's, that's why I said it's time, energy and yeah. money. So it's a, it's a staff of ours that we have to bring on to, to focus on NIL because that's a different animal. You can't have your marketing guys that are looking for deals for NFL players. Also we're looking for deals in, you know, Tuscaloosa, Alabama for a, you know, defensive tackle. And transfer not there. Portal. You mentioned transfer portal. How's that working? You know, if you're representing a guy for NIL and situation happens and the player is looking to leave, you know, they're going to look to you potentially to help them. I'm not a fan of, you know, stirring the pot and that type of stuff. So that's not our business. There are people out there that try to get a kid and say, hey, let me take you from school A to school B. And then they try to take a piece of it. That's not my thing. It's a dangerous game. It is a very dangerous game. And, and look, the grass isn't always greener. So I, I don't want to necessarily get in that game. However, if there's a situation where a player comes to me, he is leaving no matter what wants my help or wants our guidance. Yeah. And, and I had to, to deal with that this year with somebody. So, but yes, and I'm going to actually do the best I can for that player, maximize it, but there's a lot that goes into it. And, and a player doing that on their own, that's, that's a, that's a heavy task. I mean, there's legal part, there's contracts, there's payments. There's, there's a lot of moving parts to that. There's taxes. That's the key. Yeah. You know, there's Uncle Sam's going to come knocking there. There's, there's one school, at least that, you know, I, I'm not going to name schools, but there's one school that actually, with with their money that they're giving these kids through the collective, actually has it set up to where X goes automatically taken off the top two for that. taxes, which is great. No, yeah. for sure, it's yeah. a, it's a smart thing because we tell our NFL guys, you know, a million dollars isn't a million dollars. You got you got a partner, and his name's Uncle Sam, so he's taking a bunch of that money. So they they need to understand that that's a college kid. I mean, that's a guy going pro. Imagine when they're coming out of high school or or even younger. It's it's a hard a hard thing to understand. Yeah, I mean, you think about where we were at that age. Certainly not that successful, but we didn't know anything about oh, that. My, no, and not not much was taken out for taxes when you're no. making ten thousand a year. But yes, a hundred percent, absolutely. <laughs> did you again? I don't want. Did you work in the red for a year or two? Oh, for sure. You did. I was paying Jennifer out of my own pocket. I remember we went to Staples, our first trip together, and she came to the house. She came to the house, and she's like, okay, well, do you have files? I was like, no. She's like, do you have this? Do you have that? I was like, no. I was like, I got my phone. I got a legal pad and a calculator. I'm good. And she, I'm like, what do you need? She's like, well, we need to go to Staples. We went to Staples. She was putting packs of Sharpies in, packs of this. Pack. Every time she's putting something, I'm putting it right back on the shelf. I was like, why do you need two of those? Why don't we need any one of those? I was like, the Jewish sports agent in me came out, and I was like, we're putting that back. We're putting this back. No, you wanted to be a big shot Agent, huh? Yeah, I mean, well, it's so, yeah, it took time. What and did, I do you look back and say, this is amazing. I'm where I'm at, and considering I met your dad. how it started. I, met, I know your dad. I met your dad, and, you know, I want to be proud, but there's got to be that moment where, why is he leaving the security of something he had? No, he was he was a big proponent of okay. it. He, he, he said to me, I believe in you, and I, you're the you're an investment I would make all day long. You know, and I know that you'll be successful. So, did he make an investment? Uh, in you, by the way? No, he didn't. Okay. But, but it was available if I needed it, which was a nice thing to know if you needed it. But 
No, I just, I had saved. I was a single guy. I wasn't spending any money. I lived in a townhouse, so it was just banking money and, and just put it back to use. Easiest big contract you ever did. You couldn't believe it went that well. There is no such thing no, as an easy big contract. I swear to you. Like, Aaron Donald wins the Super Bowl. It's time for a new deal. You would think it would be easy. But you know what? He's a 30-year-old defensive tackle. He's got three years left well, on his contract. A and they've got a list of reasons why they don't want to talk to you. Right. Until the retirement letter came out, um, <laughs> then then it got easier. Did, was that was that you or was that him or was that a combination? It was it was all of us. It, it was, was a good, yeah. good a good teamwork. S- smart, as they say. What? Um, give me a terrible deal. Like that just went on and on and on where you just said, are you, are you kidding me? I mean, I didn't really enjoy the Dak Prescott contract for okay. two years. It was a long process. And it's one thing to be a long process. It's everything is okay to agree to disagree. You know, that happens. There's never, you don't need me if it's going to be a red carpet. Here's your first proposal. And you right. say, great, thank you. Send the language and paperwork. We'll sign it. That's never happening. But it's another thing to have once in the spotlight for so long. I mean, I'm sitting here in your guy's studio and looking up at the TV, and it's yeah. there's a thing on deck right now. So it's just like it's always the out Dallas there. thing's never going to go away. No, I mean the star, da- the star in Dallas, and everyone loves talking about it, and it's great. But that that one took a while, and it wasn't necessarily enjoyable. And then, of course, he you know broke his foot, and that added to the the, yeah. the, the drama. So, so what's the what's the average contract? How many pages is the average NFL contract? Um, rookie ones are a little bit shorter, but the veterans could be thirty pages, could be. 50 depends. Why? I mean, it, there's a lot of language because, in there. I know, really? Oh, yeah. Is there gotcha? Or is everybody trying to play sneak it in gotcha? Listen, they always have you talk ever gotten, about, gotten? No, I'm not going to know. I won't get gotten. And I haven't gotten gotten, knock on wood. But um, I mean, there are the contracts are set up for teams to potentially get out of those contracts. So you talk about guaranteed, and everyone sees the thing that comes across the ESPN ticker, right. you know, 50 million guaranteed. I need a day into that to see, like, what's really guaranteed? Is it guaranteed at all of it, fully guaranteed? Is it guaranteed just for injury? Is it guaranteed for everything? Because guaranteed to where, like, you look way back, I'll give you an example, Colin Kaepernick. It was like $60 million guaranteed, you know, highest guarantee ever. Uh, but yet he it was like $12 million guaranteed at signing, and when he was cut two years later, he walked away with 30, approximately 30, 34 of that 60. Well, it's because when you get to year two, X more gets guaranteed. Year three, X more becomes guaranteed. To me, that's not guaranteed. Right. If they can get out of it before it actually comes to light, that's not guaranteed. But again, media, the agents pumping it up to well, walk into the next level. I was just going to say, you can't, you guys have been agents are the ones who want the biggest number possible out there. I, I want the biggest number possible that actually goes into their bank account. So you don't want a pissed off guy. Because then it becomes, I thought I was getting 60. How did you not explain this to me? Yeah, I mean. You're in a bad place at that point. Listen, there's plenty of examples out there of, of guys that have had that and pretty upset. But, no, I'm going to break it down for the guys. We're going to educate them and, and let them know and structure it the right way. And, they, you know, look, I've done it long enough now, so the, the, I've got a precedent. So just like I study teams, if I'm negotiating with, you know, whoever it is, I know how they structure. Do they do full guarantees? Do they do these what we call rolling guarantees where they don't become guaranteed until years later uh, where a team can get out of it? Well, they study me, and they know my deals. If they're looking back at a Fletcher Cox, if they're looking all the way at Marcel Darius, if they're looking at Dak, if they're looking at Aaron Donald, if they're looking at Kenny Galladay, whoever they're looking at, they're going to see that my guarantees are going to be locked in. And so that's my precedent. I'm not going to go out and do deals that are not a win for the player. It's the greatest feeling in the world when you get a team to do something they've never done before. Oh yeah, of course. That's yeah. you know setting a new precedent is always is always a big thing. But it's not this just guy like, got him to crack this France character. It, it, you know, and listen, it's there's a lot of things, and I mean, Dax contract has a no trade clause. There's a no franchise tag right. clause. Those that's why it's in the media so much right now. Those are valuable things. But there's words in contracts right now. If a player is fined, you know, contract guarantees can be voided. So there's things oh. like that. Like you have to watch out for. I tell everyone, I go, let's say the contract's fifty pages. You could take out every physical number 
that's in the contract, whether it's the page number or a dollar number. And you could probably fit that all on one page. Right. Those other 49 pages, they mean something. I suggest that you pay strong attention to that. And so we'll have a negotiation on numbers. There's sometimes a whole separate negotiation just on language. 32-year-old single version of you you started out. What's the best perk of your job when you're young? Um, uh, I, I don't know if there's a perk. It was, it's always a, it was always a sexy business, and it's always a cool thing. It's yeah. always an icebreaker. It's always something. Did it get you, you know, into places? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think the cooler thing now is as I get older, is, is doing things and favors for friends, whether that's, you know, my kids having a principal of the day and me getting Grady to come to school mm-hmm. and be the principal of the day. And like, that's a great thing. Or a friend is going to a game. They just want sideline passes, you know, things like that, where I can help people out. I, I like that. And then also like, I, I'll never forget, you know, wanting to be in sports and my dad calling anybody and everybody he knew to get his son in that door. I get a million calls, texts, you know, friends, friends of friends that my kid wants to be an agent. My kid wants this, you know, can I have that? Absolutely. I'll talk to him. I'll try to get him in the door. It's not easy, obviously, because I'm doing a million things. But I it's even though I've aged, we've all aged. Uh, it it seems like it was yesterday when when I was trying to fight for that opportunity. So How'd I you tried get your to first job. It. What was your pitch? My, um, you know, my dad got me in to meet with someone at Coca-Cola and I went in Coca-Cola and they didn't have it was Coca-Cola sports marketing and they didn't have anything. But he said he had a friend who worked for the Atlanta Knights, uh, the minor league hockey team. Uh, a, a sales guy. So I went down there and I, I had gone to so many interviews and so many different things. I mean, literally I was blowing up soccer balls for uh, a, a sports consulting group for MasterCard for World Cup soccer. I mean, she sat me in a back room, told me I had to blow up all these soccer balls. You know, she thought I'd be there for three days. I went to the accountant guy's office, asked for a credit card. I went to the Home Depot. I got an electric pump. I came in there, I pumped those up. Two hours later, I walked back around. She didn't believe me. I, I returned the pump, gave the guy's card back. Didn't cost anything. I was like, you know what? I should, She should be working for me. So I, I left that age. But my whole thing was I don't want to be pumping up balls. I want to do something that actually can help me get the next job. So when I walked into the night sky's office and he started telling me things, I said, look, I said, I, I, I don't need to be paid, but I want to learn. I don't want to be the mascot. I don't want to be delivering tickets to people. And he loved it. He happened to be a, a guy from the from the Midwest. He could tell I was from Chicago originally. He liked my, you know, my, my, yeah, my pizzazz. And so at the end of the day, I learned a ton. And three months later, I got a job offer there and 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 then. Was there for a little bit. Do you have to be a lawyer to be an agent? No, it's never a bad thing to be a a lawyer at this point. I mean, but my whole career, I've done so many of these contracts. From an NFL contract standpoint, definitely not. If you needed to be one or where it could become more helpful is if you're wearing 10 hats and you're the marketing guy also and you're doing a deal with Coca-Cola and redlining that contract between you and Coke. But for many years, I was redlining things with the lawyers. They didn't even know I was an attorney. Only when the Internet came in did it get a little more confusing. You're not an attorney? No, I'm not. I thought you were an attorney. See, I, 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 yeah, yeah, I did. I really thought you were. I think I might have even touted you as an attorney in the first hour. Of the well, case in point, you I, don't need to be an attorney yeah. to be successful. Todd France is here with us for a few more minutes. So the Deshaun Watson deal, does that help or hurt agents? In what way? I mean, I, I mean, it's never a bad thing to have a fully guaranteed, fully guaranteed contract. So. But are, are people going to say there's no way that's happening again? Is it easier to make the pitch now? A little bit in between there. Well, it hasn't happened really since, so it's it's still very difficult. But, you know, you got to strike at the right situation, and if you have the right – everything lines up and the player makes sense for that team, then, then maybe – How shocked were you when that deal was Will, consummated? Will was one of my partners who did it, so I kind of was in the loop on it. Um, also was very involved because I was representing Matt Ryan during the whole process, and so I knew when the Falcons were looking at it. And so I kind of had a good pulse on everything that was going on during that time, if luckily. I, if I show you a text with somebody who I trusted that said he's coming to the Falcons, if I would have showed you that that day, was there a good chance you would have agreed 
Deshaun's coming to the Falcons. No, I, I mean, I, I knew enough to know that they were wanting him and yeah. that they were involved and they were dipping their toe in and they had meetings and all that kind of stuff. Um, Matt was fully in the loop, you know, making sure he knew what was going on because I didn't want him to. So do he that. wasn't blindsided. He, he, he was not. No. OK. Uh, right. He was aware ahead of time and not from the team necessarily. Right. The team messaging to him may have been one thing. Mine was more what reality was. Um, and I understand that there's a, you know, trying to play it soft. Yeah, they don't have that. to tell you everything. No, they don't. Um, but I want Matt's Matt's a great guy. You guys know him. And he's, he's smart. So there's nothing to, to, to keep from him. And he deserved to know what was going on. So what let's finish up with this. At the end of the day, what would be the one thing you would change about how the NFL goes about any of this? Have you thought about, like, if you were, I don't want to say commissioner for a day, but is there something that you would like players to know or you'd like teams to know? Like baseball and arbitration. If baseball owners had their way, they'd get rid of arbitration before they got rid of free agency. Because it's the bane of their existence where you go, my guy's better than him and you just paid him an $180 million. I should get more. Is there anything in the NFL? I used to hear guys complain about non-guaranteed contracts, and they would always say baseball. That's why you're not looking at the NBA. The NBA's got the sweeter deal than the baseball players do. Look, you could have a fully guaranteed contract. It's not that it's not allowed in, in, in football. It just doesn't happen. But the one thing I would tell you I personally would love change is the franchise tag. I would love there to be no franchise tag. And you could say, ah, you know what, that only affects, you know, the superstar. No, 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 no. If there's no franchise tag, you're going to, let's say it's a defensive end. Now that that market is going to get more it's going to grow and that's how guys it's like the ladder the next guy goes and he's not necessarily better but he climbs that guy and the market would continue to grow if there's right. no franchise tag oh. so would you trade a year of free agency do you think for a franchise tag if you were going to just say let's we'll wait another year for free agency but no more franchise tag do you know if that would be a good thing or not it, i mean i i'd, I'd want to think about it longer yeah. but i definitely because that's a loaded question with a lot of layers okay. to it uh, because is it a rookie deal? Now you're going to make him stay six years. You know, it, it just depends. There's a lot of moving parts to it, but just in general, I, I think the no franchise tag would be a, a great thing for, for players. Are you shocked that the market, I guess you shouldn't be because it's the quarterback position, but it's, it's growing and growing and growing. Some of these numbers and Deshaun Watson maybe helped that going back to him, but these numbers are crazy. What quarterbacks are getting, Never mind asking for the, uh, asking for they're never asking for enough but uh as far as growing <laughs> like a true agent. right now you know as far as growing no i mean look the, the whole business is growing so the reason that you know the salary cap is going the, the the everything's growing and so it's it's inevitable that the player salaries would grow with it so you know no i don't know where it'll be down the road i hope it continues to be like that with everything that's happening with the sport it's a huge sport everyone still talks about it. there's not even football going on and it's they have a know, king nfl's king yeah i mean it's and it's great so it's 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 so awesome. business is good is what you're telling us. Business is good. It's difficult. Like any business, everyone thinks it's, you know, all glamorous, just like any business. It's, you know, there's ups and downs if and it's I hard work. If I would have told you 21 years ago, the media deals are going to be worth over $11 billion, what would you have said? I, I mean, uh, yeah, of course, you're not going to believe Okay. $150 million for a playoff game is allegedly what Amazon's paying. In your mind's eye, can you, I know you have to wrap your head around it, but it's, it's incredible. It, it is. It's incredible, but it, you know, nothing at this point shocks me because you, you've seen it. And so now you kind of expect it. And to sit here, if I would have looked at it back then to say now, what's to say looking at it now, why I shouldn't look at it in the future that it'll continue. How long do you think you have in this? How long do I have? In this? Yeah. As long as players are still wanting to sign with me. Uh, okay. uh, and, and, and you were never really out. I've never been out. No. Yeah. Like when you sold, I know that you took a job like you. Yeah. You're play, you, you're just you. You're still with your players. You can't just like I can't sell and then be like. 
hey, by the way, so and so, this is your new agent. No, I mean they're they're they're, they're still with you. I'll let you guys catch up. Yeah, I'll see. You. I gotta go. <laughs> I am out. Call me if you need me. I am so out. And, and if it lights green when you text me, just keep trying. <laughs> I know it used to be blue. No, no, yeah, your players are with you, and you're with them. And I would never turn my back on my guys. And and I and I love representing them and want to see them and their dreams come true. It's it's awesome to be part of. It really is. Well, like Chris said to start the conversation, we've known you for years, and we've had conversations on and off the air with you. And this this business has never jaded you. You're the same guy that you were when we first met you back in the early 2000s. I, I, it's not on purpose. It just is what it is. It's like I understand from the outsider's perspective. It's like, oh, you're around all these stars, and it's so cool, and it's this. It's, at the end of the day, it's my job, you know, and it's like any other job. You know, but to me, it's about, you know, my family and my, my kids, and, and I want to treat these guys the best I can and do the best I can for them. That's what makes, that's what wakes me up and motivates me every day is knowing that I can, you know, crush it and dominate and make a difference in this kid's life, whether it be on a contract, whether it be advice, whatever it might be. That's a really cool feeling. Right. But you're too smart not to know that there are a lot of people who walk around and go blanking agents. <laughs> that's the reason we're in this mess. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I understand it, but at the end of the day, if they could hire an agent, and it could help their careers, I, I, I think their tune would probably change, you know. And there's people who've called me in the corporate world who would, you know, and others, and if there's an opportunity to represent a guy or to help him, I mean, look, sometimes you need a voice, and sometimes it's a voice of reason. Sometimes it's not that, you know, we all think we're underpaid. Everybody thinks they're underpaid, you know. But, again, it's there's a lot to it, but I enjoy it. Uh, there's good parts of every job. There's bad parts of every job. There's tough parts. It's long hours. It's, there's a lot of things. But at the end of the day, I'm you know very fortunate in this business. It's been great. Had a lot of fun, great stories. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Will you write a book someday? Uh, you know, it's definitely on the list for sure, 100%. Okay. So before we let you go, Georgia fans probably want to know about Nick Chubb. I know he blew out his knee last year. It doesn't look like he's going anywhere. There was some talk of the Browns cutting him. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Personally, I say that. But here's a guy that we talked about decent guys. Here's a guy that's as decent and hardworking as there is. I mean, love the guy. Unbelievable guy. Unbelievable person. Hasn't changed. A, 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 just like you had talked about me, he hasn't changed a bit with the money or the success. Um, and obviously he's dealing with a tremendous injury, but he's been rehabbing and he's in great spirits and he's continuing to grind. And, you know, he fully expects to come back and be Nick Chubb. And I would never bet against Yeah, a guy Chubb. like that, I don't think is going to never, he's not going to take any shortcuts. Right. He's no. not going to take a day he's off. He's not sitting around eating cake. He was squatting 500 pounds during spring break when he was at Georgia. That was his spring break. Exactly right. Yeah. Last thing on Nick Chubb, I don't know if you've ever done this. Top three guys, he would ba- let them babysit your kids. Like if you thought about, do I want a client that way? I, I had an agent tell me once, I really want to avoid guys that I wouldn't allow to babysit my kids. Is that a mindset? I mean, sure. You, you, you talk about that or you say, well, let them marry your daughter or whatever right. kind of thing, that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I, I can't name a top three guys. I mean, they're all great guys. Uh, I mean, it just... I got to pin them down that way, Domino. Yeah, come on now. Uh, but, that, but is that part of the mindset? Sure. Listen, I mean, uh, you would love to... Uh, and I have gotten pickier as I've got okay. gone on. So um, I try to be a lot more selective with who I'm going for. Like, yes, I want top talent. I want first round picks. I want guys that are going to have long careers. But would I take a guy who's maybe not as talented today, but I know he's got that work ethic, that's got that smarts, that got a good head on their shoulders? Yeah, I would. Uh, I've also learned a lot in the business, you know, as you go through it, what what makes a good player and what 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 it takes to be successful. So I feel like I, I have my own little take on it. I am not a scout. I can't judge talent for my life, but the other sort of pieces that come into play that it's a absolutely, ha- yeah, you know it's, a, it's, it's a formula yeah. and, and I know how to put that formula together combined with the good, 
you know, intel that I get from the, the team side. Well, the numbers speak for themselves. Todd France, great having you in. Enjoy Indianapolis, and we'll talk down the line. I appreciate you guys having me. Good seeing you. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey, sandwich lovers, today's your lucky day. There's a whole new way to roll for lunch or dinner delight with Nucky's Hoagies in the Roswell Corners Shopping Center. Now open, Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell is family owned and operated by the subsisters, Stacey and Shannon, whose love language is food and Nucky's Hoagies, their passion. When you bite into a Nucky's Hoagie, you'll taste the difference. The softest hoagie rolls ever, along with hunger-quenching sandwich combinations. Make Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell on Woodstock Road your new favorite spot for lunch or dinner.